think you go get at Manchester United. I think there's a real chance here. And I actually think them winning last night does us a favour because the fans will put the pressure on now. Bournemouth's coming to town. We should beat Bournemouth. Just turn up. There'll be goals in it. Um, can we take our chances? Because we, we will get them. Um, can we be clinical? Best thing that could have happened for us on Wednesday night is Man United beating Chelsea 2-1 because I just feel that... Uh, just gives them a lulls them into a false sense of security really with that result uh, and they'll be fully expecting on Saturday to uh, turn up and do the business against us no worries whatsoever like I say we're a form team at the moment so you know why not let's, let's, let's get another monkey off our back while we're here and, and get a win at Old Trafford on the weekend sorry it is having here oh hello my Smithy yes it's another one it's three now with the ball in the box and Sonesi has scored. We are absolutely tearing them apart. Things you love to see. This is the Theatre of Dreamland, episode 22 of Cherries in Focus. And on Steve's t-shirt, Andoni Iriola is creating history. And Saturday at Old Trafford will go down as one of the greatest Premier League days for Bournemouth. Do subscribe to Cherry's Red Army, your legends. We went past 1.9 thousand subscribers. And if there's a time to hit the like button, it's right here, right now. We are live on YouTube and Twitter. That interactive chat is open. Do not waste it. If you watch this back on replay, do use the comments. So I've got John Spark with me. I've got Steve Hensman. And we have also got Aaron Kay. Say hellos in the chat. Moment of the match day weekend. I think we know what it is. John Spark is here, fresh from his watch along win. That's the second watch along in a win in a row for the channel. John, how are you doing, my friend? Good evening. Yeah, doing great, thank you. Yes, it's a uh, it's a real bravo to uh, to AFC Bournemouth after that one. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I would I would provide some decent insight to something to something with a moment of the week, but who cares? We beat Manchester United and we absolutely smashed them. Absolutely dominated them. He clocks up the miles. He's done a fair few in the last week. It's Mr. Steve Hensman. He didn't mind the trip back. What a day for you, Steve. How are you? What a day, what a week. And no, I certainly don't mind doing the miles when we get a 3-0 win at Old Trafford. Uh, I don't know, still on cloud nine. I just, I, I don't know, everyone, it's that thing when you go into work on a Monday and I, all these people who never like speak about Bournemouth, they're all coming up and go, did you go to the game? And you're like, yeah, we were brilliant. <laughs> and they go, yeah, I can't believe it. And you're just having all these people just talk to you about Bournemouth. It's great. I mean, yeah, what a weekend as well. Chris Billum Smith went in as well. So that was good for the town. I mean, well, Bournemouth's the place, isn't it, at the moment? Absolutely buzzing. He also clocks up the miles home and away. He finishes the lineup this evening. He keeps our WhatsApp group very active. It's Aaron K. Hayden this evening. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Unfortunately, I did not clock the miles on Saturday. The one away game I'm missing out of about six or seven. But obviously, me and the boys watched it, delighted, jumping around like maniacs. And um, yeah, it was just brilliant. And we were just dusting off our passports because we were going on a European tour. Um, forget Luton, Sheffield United, Burnley catching us. We're we're catching West Ham, we're catching Brighton, we're catching all of them. Well, not maybe not the top seven or eight, but we're we're, we're cooking. And um, you know what? Like every single game now, we've got nothing to fear. We've already gone to Man City away and Liverpool away. What have we got to fear? Bring it on. 
drink it in right now. It is very busy in the chat. Let's go say hello to Chris Hubble. How are you, Morgan Scott? Thank you very much. We've got Paul from Australia. Callum, thanks again for joining us, Sammy Nell. Hope you're doing well. Matthew Gale, thank you very much. We've got Alan, Lee Sibley. Thank you for all the comments recently on the channel. Mark Cole, Nick Gillings, thank you very much. We've got Omid, Mark Singleton. Hope to see you on Saturday versus Luton. Steve Hensman saying hello in the chat. And we've also got Wing. Want to get this out nice and early. Thank you so much for the support. We are on our way to 2,000 subscribers. And a massive thank you to you fans who do support the channel financially. You can support the channel or become a monthly member at buymeacoffee.com slash cherriesredarmy. You're there through thick and thin, through the hard times, through the good times. And we very much need you thank you so much and it's good times at the moment absolutely good times at the moment because AFC Bournemouth climb the table look at that form guide guys four wins one draw I think we're the second best team in the mini form guide at the moment Steve we're going to get stuck into that win at Old Trafford but we are we are creating news I mean we we need the respect now surely you, you think so wouldn't you but I've been listening to some of the radio over the weekend and sort of other games over the weekend, it's still not coming. It's still <laughs> like, what's wrong with Man United? I can't believe it. You know, like I say, we've got 12, what was it, 12 points out of the last 15? I mean, it's it's madness. And just to think a couple of months ago, we were thinking, have we done the right thing? Is this working? And now look what's happened. I mean, that's what you say. F football is a funny old game and uh, how things can you know quickly change in such a short, short space of time. But um, I don't know. We I think being the size we are and the, the history we've got, we are sort of notoriously a, a smaller club. So, you know, we're really going to have to sort of carry this form on to to get people of a certain ilk talking about us on on a bit more than a well-done Bournemouth basis. It's going to be, it's going to take a bit more than that to get the likes of uh, Yelinikas. Oh, I love the, the one I have enjoyed quite is the um, Stan Collymore one, which said the Riola had gone by, Whenever it was, so that's just been flooding Twitter all over the place. That people going, yeah, that aged well. <laughs> <Sort of things. laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. All we can do is keep, you know, keep keep doing what we're doing because it's it's uh, you know it's finally working. And Donny's finally found something. You know, found the guys that suit his style in the positions he you know that that, that work best for them, and it's paying dividends and. You know, long may it continue. Like, like, like Aaron said, we've got we've got some of the big teams out of the way now. We can just like you know, it's not so we take our foot off the gas, but you know, we look at these fixtures and think they're winnable. They're very winnable, and the way we're playing, you know, if we we do we go in toe to toe with Villas and uh, and Newcastle's and Man Man United's, why why can't we sort of put some beds uh, teams to bed? Like we say, we should have had like six. In, or, sorry, we could have scored like six or seven in a couple of those games if we were a bit more clinical. Maybe against a sort of lesser team in the league, maybe we can. Maybe we will put someone to beds like six or seven. Who knows? I'm dreaming. Absolutely love it. And your question in the chat on this episode, when was the last time that AFC Bournemouth went on the road, scored more than three or more goals and kept a clean sheet in the Premier League? Come back to it in about 10 minutes' time. When was the last time Bournemouth scored three or more goals on the road and kept a clean sheet? But the cogs are turning for Andoni Iriola. He kept the theme going of minimal changes and it didn't take long for the cherries 
to take the lead. Dom Solanke, he found that point with the arrow with a little bit of help from Lewis Cook. Philip Billing rose highest off the bench to get the second. And talking of two, Marcos Sanessi scored two in two, two headers. He can't stop scoring. Aaron, what a performance. Had to be different to the game at Selhurst Park. Go get at them. There's mistakes in that red team. And we absolutely destroyed them. Yeah, totally different game to the Palace game. Um, uh, that was a kind of a war of attrition to some degree and played a different sort of style. And, and I was, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised, if I'm being honest, to see the, the team line up. I was, I was thinking um, there might have been more rotation. I wouldn't have held it against Andoni for that because, you know, three games in seven days with the intensity that we play um or six days actually so it would you know three games in six days it would have been really really difficult and um but you know what is it there's a lot to be said for momentum and consistency in team selection and to a degree obviously uh, certainly the back four didn't really have much of a choice um and with cook and christie we didn't have much of a choice he might have potentially freshened up but the one change of he'd have coming in because he didn't play much against um much against palace and yeah, we were right from the start. We were pressing so high, and that's what I noticed straight away. You know, Anana almost well, it wasn't a penalty, but I, I, I was off my seat thinking Dom was clipped by Anana. But that kind of set the tone, and we kind of boxed them in. And and the first goal came from that boxing them in in that that far left corner. So they played the ball out, and and Lewis Cook anticipated brilliantly. And and again, he's just he's just amazing. But we know we're, we're waxing lyrical about Christie, and he was unbelievable again um but the heights that him and lewis cook have reached in the last few games is just it's astonishing really absolutely astonishing um and yeah lewis pretty much made that goal for dom great finish and similar ish to the to the couple he missed against aston villa albeit against a far better goalkeeper but yeah it's composed didn't rush it and and set us and that set the tone and and only always goes on about how important the first goal is certainly against a team like palace it was very important because they they weren't able to sit back and against manchester united as well first it suits our game because teams have to go at us and we can catch them on the break but it was from start to finish an outstanding performance i was a bit concerned thinking is this going to be one game too far what do i know i mean it was it was the most emphatic of all the victories so far really um and to the extent that i was disappointed when that fourth was disallowed i was getting a bit greedy towards the end now john I love going back to watch your highlights on the watch along. Omid's talking about someone in the mud up north. That might be Mr. Mark Goldbridge. That's also interesting and doing the rounds. But we did say on the previous episode, John, I know you wasn't here for that, that them beating Chelsea probably didn't help them because the fans would apply pressure. It's Bournemouth coming to town. And I felt there was a real opportunity here. Got a nice early goal and they just didn't deal with it at all. No, but to be fair, I don't think I don't think the Chelsea result would have affected them that much. I think it was just that. Well, I mean, heck, it was um, Bruno Fernandes said it's Bournemouth. We think we could. A lot of the players probably think they can turn up and just turn them over. And and I do think that it doesn't happen a lot. And to be fair, I think one of the very few teams that will ever really play Bournemouth and just think they can turn up and do it is Man United because. Most other teams have at least some, you know, dignity to the fact that they have to work hard in every game. Whereas I think that club is just a bit of a, a bit of a mess right now. But um, I, yeah, it was they they just weren't ready for it from the start. They they really weren't prepared for it. And what they what they're able to do against the likes of Chelsea, what they can do against some of the better teams, is they can sit back and they can 
they can play a counter-attacking team. I mean, um, they can play a counter-attacking game. It's uh, Ten Hag had said he wants Man United to be the best transition side in the world. That only works when you're playing against the better teams. That will only work when you're in European competition. When you're playing against a team like Bournemouth, where United are expected to be the team that are on the ascendancy. United have all the pressure to attack. They are the ones that have to make sure that everything goes well in this game. And, you know, be the dominant force in all circumstances. Whereas we were totally happy to let them be that. We wanted them to be that. Heck, the our kickoff was a kick to touch. If we kicked it straight out of play, there was no plan to maybe get it to a Bournemouth player. No, 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 no. We gave them the ball for a goal kick, well and truly knowing that we were just going to do that all game and make sure we pressed them from the start. And it took, as Aaron said, less than 50 seconds for us to almost get a penalty from a poor back pass from Luke Shaw. So... And then, and then it worked for us to get the first goal. It was, it was such a, it really wasn't a complicated plan, um, and but it, it was worked to perfection. And you've just got to say that Iriola has really got the players on side now and doing exactly what he wants them to do. Um, and you know, while I felt as though there were definitely issues with our hybrid pressing earlier in the season, particularly against um, Arsenal and just our general malaise against Everton. Things have really turned around since then, and uh, and this was this was the summation of all of the progress that we have made so far uh, this season. Nick Osborne wouldn't swap a single player in our lineup for the one Manchester United have. Steve Callum also says so good to see us play the press with confidence, knowing that when they find their free man on the left hand side, our shape would be too organised for them to penetrate, and the press was straight straight from the start. We've talked about a guy that's banging form. He's in the heart of our team, in the heart of that midfield, Lewis Cook. He started that press. I'm hoping you're in your seat by the time the first goal went in. Lewis Cook got on it. Great assist. Dom Solanke got his eighth goal of the season. And you're seeing someone in Dom Solanke who's getting lots of chances. He's broke that score that he had last season. He's gone straight through that. I mean, he's got eight in, what, 15, 16 games now, Steve. And... Um, I always said that when Dom Slanky scores goals, we're going to benefit and great goal. And he could have had more. Yeah, he should have had more actually, because he, he had a couple of more opportunities. Obviously you've seen the one that hit the post. There's a couple of others that didn't really get shown too much on the highlights, but um, he gets in really good positions and, uh, you know, for a bit of hesitancy or, or a bad decision, you know, we, we think, oh, why well, we could have had more. Like I said, it, it, it probably could have been or should have been, if we were, I think, because I've said before, I think we, we've got more to come. And I think the, the players have got more to come when they start getting this system really, really fine-tuned. I think you will start seeing this hit more. But like going back to the press, I mean, yeah, Lewis Cook was absolutely outstanding. I'm, I'm sorry, this guy is eclipsed what I ever thought he could be. Um, his, he's, he's got energy levels I've never seen from him before. I don't know where this has all come from. Whether this is anything to do with this fitness coach we've got in from America, I don't know. But some of the, some well, how he plays 90 minutes, because you always used to look at Lewis Cook and think, oh, he, yeah, he's always going to come off around sort of 70, 80, because he's a, he sort of run his race. But he's just, he, he's turned into like prime Ryan Christie. You know, Ryan Christie's <laughs> ridiculous. And now Lewis Cook is, this, I mean, this is kind of what I was saying before. If you you see players like Ryan Christie, and he's always staying, he might not give you the numbers, but he's always staying on for his energy levels. That inspires the others. And I think there's something to say for that because Iriola just loves those busy players who will buzz around and will do that press. And Clivert is another one. Clivert was instigating a lot of the press. 
So when it was all shifting over and we were all moving into our positions and following the guys, all they really had left was a long ball or a switch ball. And by the time you've switched it or whatever, Tavernier's back over where he should be or whoever's on the wing, it it, it really was good to watch. Um, they they just had no answer for it. And mm. I can only praise Iriola for it because it's, um, you know, it's what we've been, we saw the, the, the green shoots of it all developing and now it's, starting to come for fruition and pay pay dividends um yeah i mean some of our some of our defending in that game as well just sort of, just sort of notice what callum said it, you know once if they did beat it and get forward a little bit i mean they we defended our box so well it was it was ridiculous they they were going down the lot the line trying to make little overlaps and when they're trying to cross balls in or cut balls back we were making blocks i mean everyone's seen the kirkes double block that's amazing you know, Senesi, we were throwing our bodies on the line. Um, but they, you know, they didn't really have an answer to it. We were just all over them, just didn't give them a moment. So good at the back, in confidence, Aaron, at the back, in confidence at the front. And Dom Solanke, what I found really interesting is he took his goal well, but the second chance where he hit the post, it's really interesting for anyone in the chat, if you want to go back and watch the highlights and show the one where he hit the post, Aaron, he gets the ball, and I can't remember who he got it off, but there was a reverse pass on, and you can see he has a quick look to see if the reverse pass is on, but he decides to take it himself, and he goes for the shot. Now, Dom Solanke of two, three years ago, uh, two, three years ago, he would have passed that. 100%. And the second part of Dom Solanke two, three years ago is he probably shoots down the goalkeeper's throat. I love it that he's in confidence that he wants it and he's also trying to find angles. There's conversations about maybe Dom Solanke playing for England. I'll be honest with you, Aaron. With Harry Kane still playing for them, I don't want Gareth Southgate anywhere near Dom Solanke. But you've got to give him praise and he is doing very, very well for us and in the Premier League. Yeah, it was it, it was an interesting one. It was Lewis Cook again, actually, anticipated a, a ball again, got in front of his player and, and played a beautiful ball through. It's funny, when I watched it the first time, actually live, it, it kind of felt like he didn't get the ball out under his feet properly and he kind of scuffed it a bit. But when you actually watch it, no, he, he actually took his time, composed himself and actually got a pretty good strike away um, and was very unlucky to hit the post. I think he was well within his rights there to have a shot. And I think, you know, we would have probably felt he should have done if he didn't. So... Um, look, he's 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 now adding. It sounds ridiculous for a strike. He's adding goals to his game in the Premier League anyway, because obviously the Championship he was prolific. But he's always been critical to the team. We know that. We you know I've been I've been singing his praises to to to, to friends who support different teams who can just see his goal record. And don't think he's up to it. But how integral he is and how critical he is to the way we play. His hold up play has got better. His confidence obviously is up. His strength is running directly for the second goal. It was him running directly. Um, at the heart of a defence before passing it to Tav, he crossed it for Billing, and now he's adding goals to his game. Um, he's getting more and more noticed. He's, he's got absolutely everything about him, but uh, he's helped by everyone around him. Um, you know, I think he's helped because he's 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 got players around him now. He's not isolated anymore. He's got players, whoever those three are behind him, whoever they are out of the four, five, six players we've got who can play there, they're all going to be creating chances, taking defenders away, causing their own problems. Um, and as I said, with Lewis Cook, anticipating and Christie doing what he's doing it's just that that's no surprise Morgan made a very good point in the comments before saying you know a three nil up for the fourth goal which wasn't unfortunately it was Christie who was literally running still running around like a maniac in the 92nd minute who forced the error out of their of their player to play it short to Maguire there we go um you know th that's worth three nil up in the in injury time he doesn't need to do that Christie but he's still he's still doing that um but no absolutely outstanding and and Steve mentioned the defense 
it goes without saying how good Zab and Sinesi have been together, but oh, a massive shout out for me to Smith and Kirkes because I think, you know, we're not missing Aarons and Kelly at the moment and they were both outstanding. I think I said it after Palace, it's Smith's rolling back the years. He was absolutely brilliant again. And Kirkes, you know, we had slight concerns about him earlier in the season, um, albeit he was performing well. Now, I mean, that performance on on was, was flawless against Manchester mm. United and he's growing in confidence as well. Good to see him last 90 minutes again for two games in a row. Um, but yeah, it's all coming together. The fence is rock solid, proper defending, proper midfield, proper forward line, proper team. Yeah, there's no weaknesses in this team at the moment. I mean, man, the match is so hard to choose. I mean, I gave it to Sabani, John, against Crystal Palace. And I feel like it's a really good time to give you this guy. I mean, Stephen Dyer's talking about the centre-backs kicking forward, not passing side to side. And someone who is absolutely thriving at the moment is Marcos Sanessi. I think he helped you out the other day, other day in your FPL. Two in two for Marcos Sanessi. Four goals for Bournemouth in his career. Solid at the back. Unbelievable on the ball. And now he's scoring goals. Yeah, it showed, it showed how much faith I had that Bournemouth would do well in this game. But when I was looking for a centre-back to transfer in uh, to my FPL before this mid-week that I chose Senesi, and he uh, repaid me with three bonus points, a clean sheet and a goal. So I was very pleased with that one. But uh, yeah, I think it's funny. Uh, people were talking, I think there were rumours uh, in, was it in the summer or just before that apparently Man City were having a, a little look at Senesi? And majority of Bournemouth fans, I think, laughed it off. And I think most football fans would have done as well. But I do think that he's got everything that you would want in the same way that maybe not quite to the extent that Ake was, I still think, possibly the best player to put on a Bournemouth shirt I've ever seen. But Senesi has so many of the passing skills that you want from a modern day centre back. And he is a little bit overly aggressive at times. But I think that in this system, playing against a team like Man United that never really put the ball over the top, which was the one thing that they completely failed to do that might have stumbled us a little bit. Because they were playing things short all the time, you see that in the pressing system we had, Senesi was jumping up to Mark McTominay. That's how positive we were in pressing forward and how happy we are to have Senesi's aggression at really just going at players and being really tough in the tackle. Um, and, you know, Zapani similarly is, is very impressive one-on-one -on -one in the air and then, you know, has, has gotten better at dealing with things at set pieces and, uh, and, and dealing with balls in behind as well. But, yeah, I just, I just think, you know, look at the stats and the long ball numbers from both of the centre-backs were both pretty impressive um, in, in this game, just gone. And suddenly he started adding goals to his game. He scored a couple last season, obviously. Mm. We remember the one against... Um, the one I remember most is the one against Arsenal, but I know he Newcastle. scored a few. Newcastle as well. Um, in, but obviously he scored against Crystal Palace. That was one he couldn't miss. Um, set up by, and this was, I felt the, the the question was a bit odd from the AFC Bournemouth reporter by his long term friend, uh, Sinistera, which I find is a really weird way of saying that, but um, uh, yeah, set up by set up by the flick on from Sinistera, uh, and then this one, which is just a isn't it great to score goals from corners? Uh, how, how long it's been since we really had, and funnily enough, it's Tavernier in both in both cases. Mm. So we, we were we were uh, worried when Alex Scott got injured because he was putting them in more consistently, but um, I do think we are a little overly harsh uh, at sometimes at how. Poor we can be from set pieces, but we've looked so much better this season. And I do think that 
it's something I maybe want to have a look at at some point. It's just we don't overcomplicate things at set pieces. We maybe have one guy that blocks a runner or blocks a player. You'll you'll look back at the one against Man United and Sinister. Is it Sinistera? It might be Sinistera. Um, whoever it was, he just he just you can see he's got no interest in the ball. He just walks in front of a, a one of the defend one of the Man United defenders and just stands in front of him, make sure he can't move, and it just helps create that little bit of space for for Sinesi. And, and he's got a completely through header, lovely header, um, and yeah, just just. Um, the defense is combining really well at the moment, and a, and a note as well for Aaron talking about um Kirkes. I think because we knew the Man United wingers weren't going to track back, we didn't worry about asking Kirkes and Smith to get forward, they were able to save their energy a bit on attacks. And Kirkes is very used to going up and down the pitch for 90 minutes, he was able to last a bit better because he could just focus on making sure Anthony was was put away, and Anthony did nothing. Uh, that game, so it was it was, it was great to see how effective, yeah, true, uh, admittedly, not, not so asking upset. much. Yeah, it wasn't he just, but uh, yeah, Kirkes was great, and 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 as Steve said, embodying his inner Steve Cook with that double block uh, mm. was great to see. Nick does say that that Kirkes double block was Steve Cook esque, and Aaron, I do, I do. Go on, Steve. No, I was just going to say, channeling his inner Steve Cook's not necessarily a good thing. I don't want to see him flying <laughs> through the air, just trying to save shots like <laughs> like he did against Norwich. True. Very, enough. very true. But he did love <laughs> the two blocks that he made in the second half. And Aaron, last week I was talking about it maybe being between Sinistera and Clivert because it's fine to rest Tavernier, but I need Tavernier in this side most weeks in the Premier League. Tavernier, two assists. He's our top assist maker. I said a few weeks ago that once he gets the ball rolling for him, it took a while to get going last season, but once he starts scoring... Once he starts getting assists, Tavernier is so versatile, has variation in his game. He's my favourite player on the wide, in the wings for us. And he was fantastic at Old Trafford and he got his assists. He just works so hard. You know, he's dependable. He can he can defend as well. I think that's what's been key actually recently with, with Semenya and Tavernier. They both put the yards in and get back. And, you know, even though near our own corner flag sometimes. Um, but yeah, um, it's great to see him getting the numbers. I think he'd probably want to see more goals himself. He's actually missed quite a few chances, good chances by his own uh, his own high standards. I think I remember one against Villa, a couple of others. I think just kind of fell nice on his left foot and he's he's put them wide or hasn't got you know the shots away. So I think he'll he'll want to score more goals himself. I think um, if he's being critical, um, but luckily enough, we don't we don't last unlike last year when we were relying on his moments of magic and goals. To, to get us over the line in some games or pull things out of no, uh, nothing, then we're not we're not having to rely on him so much. So it's not such a big deal when he's putting the assists in, as you say. So, yeah, I mean, I was happy to see him back in the team. I'm, in all honesty, I, I'm I'm loving any of them. So you know, I, I was um, even Dango. I was quite happy when he came on because you know we forget he, he can be a real uh, a real um, threat to it to any team with his direct pace and strength and obviously scored a goal which is unluckily ruled out so so yeah I think we all probably think at the moment Semenya and Tavernier have got those shirts but we know there's a people waiting in the wings to to step in and um, we might need them but yeah it's great to see him uh, contributing in numbers you just saw that form guide that's a current form guide from the last five where, games where did you get that from I was going to say that. we've got the best goal difference well, we've got we the best goal difference we're second I don't know, I don't know what <laughs> Finish the season now. We're in the Champions League. Big club bias. I mean, I'm pulling the ball out right now. I mean, and I tell you what, 
Andonia Iriola, I tweeted this, has picked up 16 points from the last seven consecutive games. And that's the best batch, like winning batch of games for any AFC Bournemouth manager, even even better than Eddie Howe ever did. And it's fantastic. And Steve, I want to pose this to you because we spoke about this last week. We, suppose, we spoke about a really great player in our team called Philip Billing. We expected him to be on the bench. And I asked you about his mentality. Does he have the desire to come on the pitch? Does he have that fire in his belly if he's going to be left out? Well, I tell you what, he showed that he did have that fire in his belly. Fantastic goal that he scored. He is a big time player for us. It was great to see Philip Billing do what Philip Billing does best. Yeah, I mean, who'd have thought it? Phil Billing scores a a bullet header at the back's post. (laughs) It was off his shoulder. It was off his shoulder. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Yes, it was. Just give it to him, John. Come on. (laughs) He put he, look. He went in. Bra- he went in bravely anyway, which he wouldn't have done last season. Yeah. So there you go. True. Do you remember the only other header he scored? Oh, yeah, put that put that in the chat. Someone can think about that. I was there. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Philip Billing anyway. talked about his second goal. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, he came on, and uh, yeah, we we have sort of and and people have questioned his um, his off field antics and whether his his mind's, you know, necessarily right on the uh, on the project as rest as rest of as the rest of the team. But I think, you know, the last couple of substitute appearances after his little break, he's he's really sort of shown that he is up for it and he is into it and he's he's going along with the rest of the team and he wants to fight for his spot because he's making it really really difficult to to not say he shouldn't start because he's he's had two goal contributions in the last two games coming off the bench. So, you know, I mean. I got a heart back to the Palace game, and that that ball he put in for for Kiefer Moore's goal is something something else. It's ridiculous the, the way he digs it out, and it's only the sort of thing. This is what I say: Bill's more creative like that, and will drift into those spaces and drift off his marker. And that's why I think he gets that goal on Saturday because he manages to. You see the space he's in. The fullbacks left him, and he's just drifted in behind him. Luke Shaw's playing him on, and. In the end of it, it's it's quite an easy one because he's running onto the ball where Luke Shaw's trying to get off a stand a stand and start jump. So yeah, hats off to Phil. He um he certainly um he t- certainly didn't sort of let anyone down. He was he was bang up for it as much as the rest of them. And um he, yeah, he's giving Andoni a headache as I said. He you know because he he will give you goal. We've all said this when he's in that position, he mm. contributes. They've um they've got it in the chat, Steve. I can remember it now. It was cold <laughs> and windy. I can remember yeah, it. I remember it yeah, you were there. It wasn't that one. It was that one. It was that Barnsley. one. Yeah. yeah, that was a cold, windy day. 1-0. What a terrible game that was. Big three points, though. <laughs> yeah. um, they got that one in the chat. So let's see if you guys can get the other one that I mentioned earlier. So when was the last time that Bournemouth scored three or more goals in the Premier League on the road and kept a clean sheet? They got it in the chat earlier. If you're looking at the chat, they've got it. Anyone? Steve? John? My, Aaron? My, five, first, five my first instinct was the 5-0 away to Brighton. Brighton? Yeah. Is there any other one I could think of was Swansea? Chelsea away, 3-0 as well. That, that was yeah. ages ago. That was yeah. 16. Oh, yeah, Chelsea away. 15, was it, 16. I, 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 for some reason, I thought it was, I was at that Brighton game. Oh, I we, got it was 5-1. we got a 3-0 at Chelsea, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Chelsea, yeah. Before that. Yeah, before, before the before. Brighton. That's yeah. that's uh, that's the game that I would say that if you were gonna if you were gonna argue that this this win wasn't our greatest, that would be the only one that I could put above, because Chelsea, Chelsea were yeah. 
Chelsea were champions at that point uh, uh, when we beat them 3-0 at Stamford Bridge in that game. Mm. So that's the only one that you could argue maybe was bigger, but I think this one this one feels like the bigger result, personally. Do you I've also know what's in- as well? I've just realised that I've been, every time we've been beaten Man United, I was there. <laughs> how many as people seven, can say as that? How many, old, how many old, times old. you were against where we didn't win? Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> worry about that. How many games do you actually miss, <laughs> to be fair? Not many. Um, interestingly, about that Brighton game as well, guys, five different goal scorers. Yeah. And the assists were also the goal scorers. It, it's a weird shake-up of that fixture. Very, very interesting. But what what a result, John. What a performance. It was nearly four. Quick shout-out for Dangu Tara. Feel sorry for him. He, he might have needed that. He looked. He had a big smile on his face, pulled back. VAR cancelled it out. I mean, 4-0 would have been absolutely ridiculous. But, um, yeah, Dango, just because it was deserved. Unfortunate that it come off his arm unintentionally. Yeah, it was an um, unfortunate one for him. It's uh, it's just one of those. Because the thing is, is that you, you feel he would have scored it if it hadn't come off his arm anyway, because there's only one guy left behind. He just puts it on his favoured left foot and tucks it away, because in the end, he only just put it under Amrabat to score it in the, in the first place. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a shame for him. Would it would have been nice for him to get the goal. I do think he needs he needs something to pick him up a little bit. He's He's... He had those times. He had those few games where he was starting. One of those was in the defeat against Arsenal. I think he started against Everton as well, if I remember correctly. And those were two of our poorest performances of the season. So yeah, I, I think he's going to be along with quite a few others that is just like waiting for a chance to to start some games because this this team is so settled now. Um, and uh, it it was mentioned before that. Um, uh, to give some praise to Cliver, uh, I do think that it's interesting that I. It's funny when you see Billing come on and play in those positions. It, you would think they'd play it quite similarly in terms of playing in the number ten role, but Billing, Billing tends to run in behind a little bit more as well. He likes to stick to very specific channels, I think, whereas Cliver plays it much more free. I think he finds pockets of space behind Solanke a lot more, which does, I think, does help Solanke push the back line and, and allows us to build up quickly between and, and find that link between Cooks, Christie and the front line. So as much as obviously he hasn't pulled up too many trees in terms of goals or assists, um, I've been quietly impressed with with Clivert's contributions from, from, from the number 10 role. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Sinistera come in for starting there or Billing start there at some point in the not too distant future, particularly with all the game fixture coming with the fixture congestion. But you know, you can't argue with where we are at the moment. It, you know, top, uh, you know, top of the five game form chart um, as Kirk screenshot incorrectly had it. I don't know why. Um, scored in every one of those games. No team has got more clean sheets in those five times than us. It's level with Everton on three. So it's. Um, yeah, just just so positive at the moment, um, and and the only team that can stop us is high flying Villa, uh, and they beat City and Arsenal. So uh, see how well we're doing. Mm. I don't know. I just picked them up. I mean, I don't look really into the finer detail, John, but I've got it off a stat website that generally doesn't let me down. But it's let me down. It's found me out. Yeah, Maybe I need down. to take a little bit more detail. <laughs> uh, Callum, we might come back to this in a few weeks. Mm. where he is just talking about Andoni on a short deal, really, two years. So 
we continue in this vein and other clubs might be looking at Andoni Iriola. So, our players as well. Mm. Yeah, so, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Fantastic <laughs> result at Old Trafford. Great run of form. What that means for us now, guys, is we go into three fixtures between now and Boxing Day. Starting at home this Saturday, 3 o'clock, December the 16th against Luton. Nottingham Forest away on the 23rd. And then Boxing Day at home against scoring confident Fulham. Scoring lots of goals at the moment. So that could be an absolute cracker. But it is Luton that are our next opponent, Steve. And at the start of the season, you were sort of talking about Luton as being a team that could do very well. Very similar sort of history to us. And they were probably going to play with their heart because they're not going to be able to buy the type of players yet that they probably want to play to give them a more of a comfortable season. But how have you found Luton so far? I'll bring some stats up for them. I mean, the last couple of games, they've taken the lead and been pegged back against two very good sides in Manchester City and Arsenal. But what we don't want to do is get carried away and take this game for granted, right? No, absolutely not. They have taken Arsenal to the wire and I know Man City battered them in the... And it it sort of flatters them a little bit the scoreline. They still, you know, they competed and they and they held in there and they defended really well. So they're they're not they're going to be a tough little cookie to crack. And um, yeah, it's not going to be one we should just expect to win. You know, we don't want to be the kind of have the same mindset as a, like a Man United did with us and go into it just thinking we turn up and we and we win because I think their their position is a little bit. I feel a bit sorry for them. You know that they haven't picked up more points. Even against Liverpool, they were you know pretty good. Every time I've watched them, I've been quietly impressed. They seem well organised. I say they've got a lot of fight and spirit in their team. I think they've been quite clever with a couple of signings. They bought um, Ross Barkley seems rejuvenated uh, at Luton. Um, I mean, he was he was um, taking the Michael out of some of the Man City midfield on the weekend by doing little tricks and flicks and turns and spins. And he was rolling back the years. And then they've brought um, Andros Townsend in as well. So, you know, he, he, he've got some decent... Um, experience in their Premier League experience and and quality as well. They I think their goalkeeper's pretty good. He he looks like a decent decent keeper actually. I think he's he's really, you know, he's he saved them a few points. Um they got some real pace. I can't remember the guy on the left-hand side, but he is absolutely rapid. Um Ogbene, Ogbene yep. Yeah. He I, wasn't I he hope... wasn't in the squad against Man City. I don't know if he's injured. I think he's injured. That, that was another thing. I I sort of saw some of the subs and the players that weren't even playing. And you thought, geez, they've left a couple of their decent players out here as well. And they're still, you know, obviously they've got Marvis uh, Macamba in midfield, who's had Premier League experience as well. Mm-hmm. But don't, I think they're going to be a tough, you know, nut to crack. But I think we, in the vein of form we are, I think that's what probably will get us over the line in this one. The fact that we've got the momentum and the belief and the, and mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, just the, 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 the teams, the, you know, the, um, what's it called? You know, just the momentum with it mm-hmm. in our performances of late and, I think, you know, you just play the same way. And I think we've got enough to beat them quite comfortably. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game, Aaron, on Saturday. Someone that I highly rated when we were in the championship is Adebayo. I know he likes to miss sitters at Dean Court. He scored a header at the weekend against Manchester City. But what you can't do, and we know this ourselves, is you can't switch off. And if you switch off for five minutes or you make the wrong decisions, very good sides capitalise and punish you and that's what Grealish did and that's what Bernardo Silva did two good goals and um, yeah they went well they didn't go home empty-handed because they were at home but they 
had a great opportunity to take points again, just like they did against Arsenal. Yeah, look, they are competing. Yeah, they're competing, but it's going to have to hurt. But they're losing these games and winning positions and they're getting so close psychologically. Um, I think they are, I hope I'm not tempting fate here, I think they are a very different kettle of fish at home. Um, if we were playing them away on Saturday, I, I would be a bit more fearful. Um, you know, they're making Kenilworth Road a really hard place to play. Um, but it's a kind of ground we're quite used to anyway, because it's been caught. But I think at home, I think Steve's right. I think at home we can't, you know, they have got some, they have got decent players quite clearly. But, you know, having played Villa, having played Manchester United, Newcastle, you know, even going away to Palace with some of their players like Elise and people like that. We, we shouldn't really be looking through their squad fearing you know fearing players if we play like we have been we, we should hopefully get the result the camber's actually suspended which is which is pretty good um but um but yeah i think i think it'll be it'll be a tough game i think the one area we've got to really be careful at and they showed it against arsenal um is set pieces and and, and free kicks corners because they are very well drilled they they cause arsenal as i said no end of problems i think two of their goals came from set pieces. Obviously, the ball, the, the goal against Man City came from a, a good cross into the box. So that's, I think, where they can really hurt us on, on, on Saturday if we give a lot of corners away or free kicks in and around the box. That, for me, is going to be where we're most at threat rather than from open play. So it's got to be a bit disciplined there. But look, hopefully it's not a case of after the Lord Mayor's show. We have been on a fantastic run. Um, but if we can play like we have been, we, we should be totally fine. I don't think they're going to come back necessarily. They're not the sort of team to come back and really sit back too much for a point. Um, I think Edwards has got them, you know, trying to be quite front foot. Um, so, yeah, that could play into our hands. But it's not going to be easy by any stretch, but I, mm. I do expect us to, to pick up the points. I mean, John, we should be very confident going into this game. I think the atmosphere is returning at Dean Court. Everyone's buzzing. Everyone's behind the process. It seems to be that way right now. And Donny has got it clicking. What I don't want to see us do, John, is is give Luton a glimmer of hope. Now, whether that's them getting in nil nil at half time or one one, or or I don't want them to believe they're in this fixture. I think if we can kill the game at half time, that would be nice. But um, I think we got a real chance, one game at a time, because we've just got these three massive results from Aston Villa, Crystal Palace, and uh, Old Trafford. But Three games coming, starting with Luton. I mean, we could be, before we know it, tenth. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was. It was um, obviously before Fulham pumped West Ham five nil. We were level on points with the team that were in tenth, which was Chelsea at the time. Now they're in eleventh, and Fulham have taken tenth place. Um, but yeah, we're two points off tenth. We're closer to being in Europe than we are to the relegation zone. So, uh, yeah, we, we definitely should be looking upwards rather than downwards. Um, but what I would say is that uh, it, it's it's one of those things where, where like, you look at uh, someone's record is poor and you just say, it would just be typical if we were the ones that lost to this team, which is something that us as Bournemouth fans are very used to talking about our own team as. But to be fair, it happened a lot. Um, you know, we were one of the few teams to lose to Chelsea, to Potter's Chelsea. Um, but a lot of the things where you sort of felt like we would do well and then do really badly for no reason against a, a team that we should do better against, that was under the last few managers. Um, and admittedly, it was to an extent under, under Eddie Howe as well, to a, to a lesser extent, but it happened. Whereas in this moment, I do feel like Iriola is less likely to let up 
on on situations like that. He just feels like he's he's so on top of things generally. And the the kickback to that is that I think Crystal Palace was not a great performance from us by any means, but it's lucky that Crystal Palace were also terrible and we were able to create two chances and score them both. In this game, Luton will sit back more. We can't play the high-pressing style counter-attacking system that we've been playing successfully against Villa, against Newcastle, against Man United. Luton are coming to us and they're going to sit back and we're going to be the ones that are going to have to play through them. So this this is going to be a very different test to um, to even Burnley and Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be a, a different test to those, which obviously we just about came through Burnley and we and we certainly dominated Sheffield United. But this this will be a game where it will test how good are we going to be at breaking down a very low block. We're not going to face too many of them this season, but this is certainly one of them. Um, so it's 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 a different test. Um, but I'm feeling confident. Um, and I think with with players like Tavernier uh, in the form that he's in creatively, Solanke with Christian Cook um, coming from deeper to assist, and um, heck, we might even score another set piece. Um, so it's, yeah, there's there's a, there's a there's still a lot of reason to be positive, but um, we we certainly as fans need to stick with stick with the team if they're struggling to break down what is a very very organized defense um and and a team that will be coming to spoil a party in loon mm. steve wings talking about colton morris potentially being a threat for luton we mark him out and i'm sure we got more than enough to get a clean sheet with our central defensive pairing i think we're solid at the moment at the back neto is enjoying life again and when neto's enjoying life we do very, very well. Two clean sheets. I mean, Colton Morris, he's a bit of a handful. He's come up through the leagues. It's going to be, you know, a tough start for, for them in their first season in the Premier League. But I think we've got more than enough to deal with Adebayo and Colton Morris, but we've just got to do our jobs well. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. They don't play them both at the same time. They only play one up, don't they, John? Mm. From what I can remember. Um, they were doing that both in the championship. They haven't really done that in the Prem so far. No, I didn't see much of their Man City game. I know Adebayo started that one. I don't know whether Morris did. I don't think he started. I don't think Morris started the Arsenal game either because I can remember him coming on because I, I thought he's going to get the winner here and uh, I put a bit of bet on him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I put him on, score the winner and uh, get yellow card if he's taking the shirt off. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so he's probably due. He's probably due a start. So I mean, but I, I yeah. don't see. Um, I don't see that he, he, we can't handle him. Zabani's been absolutely faultless at the moment, and mm. Sanessi equally. So, uh, so I, I don't, I don't really see. I think what's interesting is you say that like John says that they're going to sit back and let us have the ball. Well, what if we get kickoff again, John, and we just boot it out and let them have the ball? <laughs> you imagine that all game just yeah but they'll they'll, they'll kick it lot they'll kick it long and then we'll kick it long back to them and it'll be a most yeah. boring game, of football you've ever seen. game but yeah no I, I i can't see us i i i'm more i'm more concerned about their pace down the wings than i am um sort of their, their strikers central strikers i think that's where we might cause a bit of problem if that old bene is up against adam smith or as good as adam smith's got a being of late he's he's certainly not got the pace of Ogbené. Um so that could be a concern but equally like the lads have said I think you know we've we we're the, we're the team in the ascendancy at the moment we've got all the um you know the ascendancy the, the momentum the confidence in our play 
every we everyone seems to know what they're doing and it's working an absolute treat at the moment so i i'm yeah i'm not i'm not concerned but it's not one that i would take lightly i think and only will be exactly the same be professional he'll he'll say to that say to us you know you got, got got to treat them with respect um and just go out and play our game and you know i think our quality and style of play will will shine through yeah omid says that morris was on the bench last game john Forest Fan TV want to know if they can swap managers. I mean, absolutely no chance. But I think Cooper's doing a great job for them, John. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> he's not. Not anymore. And and I wouldn't want you. Catch, I wouldn't want you saying that in front of Wolverine because he'll uh, he'll have your head. <laughs> and that's a no then to Forest Fan TV. Um, Aaron, yeah. we're coming up to that moment in the stream where we're going to get some score predictions, early score predictions because it's only Monday. But decisions for Andoni Iriola to make going into this game, I would say not change a lot. But Sinistera keeps asking questions. Yeah, he does. Um, but for me, and Billing does for that matter as well. But I think, um, yeah, I, we've had a week. Well, they've got a couple of days off, according to Andoni, and then they've got a full week of training. I don't see any changes. I, I would keep it. I personally would keep it the same. Um yeah, I, I just don't see any reason to change things. As I said, there's no midweek game. Um, there are, you know, there's another week to the Forest game and it's that Forest um, Spurs um, where there's been a couple of games in and Fulham, where there's a couple of games in, in a short period of time. But um, yeah, the next two weeks are full weeks of training. So mm. yeah, look, I, I, not that I wouldn't want to see some of those other players in, but I just think there's no need to change it. And I would go with it. I'd go with the same lineup. Yeah, might be a quick answer, Steve, but same again and less forced. Sorry, what was <laughs> so I was interacting with the chat. I, I didn't hear the question. Uh, same again, <laughs> line up in less forced changes through illness or injuries on the uh, training. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see why, you know, we, like I said, last few weeks, you, you don't, you know, you know, like Matt brought it up originally, but we don't change a winning, a winning team, do you? you like I say, they've got the confidence and the momentum. Unless it's forced, unless he's going to rotate somebody, like we said, the thing with the tavernier he took out the other week against was it Palace? He took him out. Um, maybe just rotate one of those because they're putting in some shifts at the moment. I think the rest of them have to play. Um, I'd love to give Christie a break just because I just think, how on earth can someone keep going like that? But and Cook for that matter, but I just don't see that we've got a choice. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see that anybody changes really. Mm. Like I say, maybe one of the front three or front four. Yeah. Uh, Forest fan TV, John. I mean, there's a lot of banter going in there. I mean, we're playing <laughs> Luton first. I mean, they're quaking in their boots already. John Park, many cleverly bark says, <laughs> will it potentially be Ilii James Sabani Hill playing alongside Senesi on Saturday? <laughs> Yeah, because his his performance was incredible. Um, you know, he's, he's he was uh, he played with the strength of two men. Um, <laughs> Got long uh, legs, did not he, to get from Madden. Blackburn to Old Trafford? Yeah, played. Did played Blackburn even know? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think they've realised it. Um, yeah, that's that's my, I think my most liked tweet of the year. Uh, <laughs> just so telling, cool. asking match of the day what the heck is going on with they got the name wrong. Uh, 
in our starting lineup against Man United. But um, they also got yeah, one. I, didn't Man United get one of our? Uh, they put a picture of Mepham up in the program, didn't they? Oh, that was it as well. <laughs> yes, yes. Instead of yeah, and it was Zibani. instead of Ilya Zabani, yeah. they put a picture of Mepham when they put wrote down Ilya Zabani. I think uh, yeah. Chris, was it Chris Temple put that in the out on Twitter that one on Twitter. Yeah, there was and also there was a match report um, on it was I think it was Sky Sports. Although I think that one goes on on a few on a few different. Um, uh, newspaper websites that uh, the the player that almost scored our fourth goal was Lewis Sinistera. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's just bloody typical to be honest. They get that wrong all the flipping time. They really do. Um, but you know, keep keep ignoring us at your peril. Uh, they'll they'll start paying attention when we when we keep climbing the table. But um, uh, for um, for changes, yeah, I think I um, I was actually just as. Steve was mentioning Ryan Christie with regards to him playing. I think I was just wondering when he was last injured. And it's apparently he was injured for three days in uh, 20, in 2021. But that was before the season had even kicked off because it was in August. So, yeah, he just... Oh, and that was of Celtic. He literally hasn't been injured for Bournemouth since he arrived. So... Um, made of elastic bands. Yeah, he must seemingly. hibernate during pre-season <laughs> or before pre-season. He must go so, into hibernation for a bit. I love the way Aaron's, Aaron's just crossing his fingers now. He's like, "Don't, don't say that, lads." <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I certainly, I can't, I certainly can't see the midfield being changed. Um, I don't see the backline being changed or the goalkeeper. Um, the yeah, the only possible change would be that anyone in the front four. But I, I just think that while Semenu hasn't got the goals or assists, he still just terrorizes teams. And when you've got someone with the kind of physicality that that you've got in in, in Semenyo going up against fullbacks that tend to be a little bit more slight, you know, they the players just bounce off him. He's just so strong. So, um, and it's and it's, it's encouraging to see how good the dribbling numbers are for our players. It was something that I was really frustrated yeah. at last season. Tavernier was a very strong dribbler last season, but he was the only player in the entire squad that did any dribbling. Philip Billing comes on in the last game against Man United and gets three three successful dribbles in in the time that he's in there, which was the most of a Bournemouth player. And I thought Sol- and Solanke, Christie, Cook, Tavernier all had two, I think. So, um, yeah, I maybe Sinistero coming in for one of them could be a change but to be honest i i'm i'm not i'm not thinking that we really be much good because we've got a full week of training we've got time to rest i'm sure the lads would have had sunday off um so uh so yeah exactly so yeah yeah, two days off absolutely yeah you you tell them aaron if they if they were in on monday i need you down at the ground (laughs) telling uh that he's a he's an awful manager And wing. Sorry, can I just say that's another thing I'd like to sort of praise Iriola for because, like John said there, with the with the successful dribbles, he's quite clearly telling the players to be a bit braver on the ball and and mm-hmm. and take players on and move past players if you can't automatically see a pass or someone in space. Because um, we're seeing that I've seen some dribbling from Christie Cook, like John's just mentioned, even even Adam Smith against against uh, Crystal Palace where he you know he's he's busting a gut down the opposite flank taking on taking on their fullback you know it's it's obviously something that they've told they've been told to do be a bit lot braver so Iriola's got to get some more praise for that I mean I didn't even know some of these players had some of these dribbling skills in their lockers so hats off yeah. to him great stuff wing just to finish off yeah. this media at the moment and they called us Brighton twice in the commentary quality media work. And I'll take that wing 
into this introduction for the score predictions on Saturday. So it's high flying. It's Roberto Iriola's Bournemouth going up against Luton Town. What is the score predictions at Dean Court? Nice and early. It's Monday. The game's on Saturday. What is your score prediction? Here is your 60-second warning. And as you put your score predictions in the chat, we'll take a look at the Premier League weekend, match day 17. Nottingham Forest on Friday night against Tottenham Hotspur, Bournemouth taking on Luton, Chelsea against Sheffield United, Manchester City against Crystal Palace, Newcastle against Fulham, Burnley, Everton, West Ham, Wolves, Brentford against Aston Villa, Arsenal, Brighton and Liverpool against Manchester United. No Monday night football. So there'll definitely not be a call, Steve, for Andoni Iriola if we do beat Luton anyway. No, what would you need? We've had Gary O'Neill on, so we've we've we we know we've we've learned all we need to learn about football, so it's fine. <laughs> um <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna ask me about what games were I was up for watching. Go for it. What games are you gonna be oh, keeping? Put, an the, eye put on? the graphic up. Put the graphic up. I think it's teams in and around us potentially, and if Fulham if Forest and Fulham lose, those are the games coming up. Tell you what, Arsenal Brighton will be a, a be a tasty affair. I think that's that'll mm. be a good one to watch for the neutral. And obviously Man United Liverpool. Unlucky Man United, but I think that's uh, that's another loss there. But obviously, big games. I think uh, it'd be interesting to see how Villa go from now on because the people are starting to talk about them as um, you know. I mean, I've even heard people talk about them for the title, but I think people sort of saying whether, whether they'll be top four or not. Um, like they've got a tricky, tricky away game there at Brentford, so that well, that might be interesting. See how they fare. Mm, interesting. Right, let's jump into those. Score predictions. I'm going to go first on this round in episode 22. I'm going to pick out Callum, who is the first scoreline. He's going for the famous Cherries Red Army 3-1. And I don't think we keep a clean sheet this weekend, guys, but I do think we win quite comfortably. And I think it will be 3-1 to the Cherries. It took a while to get going, guys, but we got the 3-1. And I think there's another one coming. Omid's going for 1-1. Mark Cole's also going for 3-1. And Mark Singleton is going for 2-1. We'll stop right there. Erin, you're coming down to Dean Court. What's your score prediction? Um, yeah, I, Another clean sheet for me. I think, I think it's going to be 2-0. I don't think we're going to blow them away. I think... Um, I think it will be a you know an efficient performance. I think we'll probably miss a couple of chances, but we'll score relatively early, and then we'll put the game to bed later on. So I'm going to go with a relatively comfortable two nil, two nil win. Steve two nil from Aaron, three one from me. Very very confident. Some good confident score lines in the chat. What's your score prediction? Yeah, I have to be confident on this one as well. Um, this unfortunately is my last game of the year. So, because I'm going away over Christmas, so this better be a good one. So I'm going to go big on this. I'm going to go four nil, four nil. Mark and Bev. And I'll tell you the other thing: the old pizza place—they're going out of business sooner or later. <laughs> they, are. they so are. Mark and Bev are going for three nil. So is Wing. I did jump Forest fan TV because I think they just need to focus on their own game on Friday. They're, they're panicking, John. They're so panicking. Uh, we got Paul going for three nil. Cameron each two nil. David's going for 2-1, hopefully, to the Cherries. 
AFCB Fan TV is going for 2-1. Liam, 2-1. 2-0 from Allen. 2-0 to Tottenham. 3-1 to Bournemouth. 3-2 to the Cherries. 3-1. Cherries Red Army. The famous scoreline, John. See us out then on episode 22 with your score prediction. I'm going to go 2-1. I think it'll actually be quite close. Um, I think we may struggle at times to 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 break through them because we haven't really seen it happen consistently yet. But uh, if Aaron's right and we get an early goal, then it could start pushing towards uh, a bigger scoreline because if we do score early, it'll encourage them to come out and, and I reckon we'll counter uh, plenty of times and create a number of chances. But uh, yeah. It should be it should be an entertaining game. I think it'll be I think uh I think it'll be a good good one to watch. And uh yeah, I'm expecting three points. Brilliant. Right. If you're not a subscriber of Cherry's Red Army, this is the moment to do it. Help us get to two thousand subscribers. Do smash the like button, smash it right now. It helped this video grow between now and kickoff. Thank you if you've watched this video back on replay. Do get your comments below about the team lineups and your score prediction. Aaron. That's another episode down. 23 will be back next Monday after the Luton game. But it's fun times right now and historic moments. We love it. Yeah, it's a great time to be a Bournemouth fan. The sky's a limit for me. You no, know, not just this season, but going forward, we really we've got some exciting times ahead. So we've got to we've got to enjoy it while we can. As you I think someone mentioned earlier, get Andoni on a longer term contract, please, before that uh, before that becomes an issue. But yeah, good times. Um and uh, yeah, I can't wait for the next game. Every game at the moment, I'm just confident and just looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, bring it on and hope to see you all uh, or all of you soon in, in uh, either home or away. Thank you, Steve. Are you still on cloud nine? I mean, if you come down a bit, hopefully you'll go straight back up at five o'clock on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, well, just talking about Iriola's contract, Aaron. All we've got to remember is just as long as we work into the finer details of that contract, lifetime supply of Estrella and a lifetime <laughs> supply of Paella, it, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> Cheers, Steve. And John, Cheers, thank you very much. Great reactions on the watch along. Absolutely loved it. Loved this stream as well. Very interactive. It's a good time to be a Bournemouth fan right now. Yeah, absolutely. And do stick, do stick with us. We'll, we'll keep these reviews going. Obviously, a lot of fixtures coming up uh but thank you very much to everyone that that joined you on the watch along um against manchester united um i'm not sure whether we'll be able to do one this week coming but uh we'll let you know if there is but regardless thanks and uh go on tell tell your friends about us because we'd love to get to 2k before before the end of the year i I don't i don't know whether it'll happen but it's down to you lot to put our name out there for us to get to 2k by the end of the year yeah, we set a challenge to get to 2K by the end of the season, but we've had over 30 subscribers in a couple of weeks. So I think it is doable. Just tell everyone about Cherry's Red Army because that would be the best Christmas present and New Year's present. And we can go into January, maybe an FA Cup run, maybe chase down Europe. Who knows? But this is episode 22. Thank you to John. Thank you to Steve. Thank you to Aaron. Thank you to everyone who's watched this. Thank you to the fans that have joined us interactive enjoy the rest of your week get behind the team on saturday with banging form and doni is breaking records dreamland he drinks estrella he eats paella he, he eats the scummers on the next one up the cherries up the cherries, up the cherries. Right.